understanding this word or this biblical principle called first. You know, we, there's a lot of talk about putting God first, but what does that mean practically Monday through Sunday? What does that mean in your life, in your family, in your business, with your finances? We need to talk a little bit about that because this is what opens the door to supernatural increase in your life. You could look at this message two ways. Oh, man, I'm going to be so stressed, got a lot more to do. Or you can look at this as, no, I just need to adjust my life so God can add more to me. And we'll see the scripture here in just a second. So look here in Matthew 6. In verse 33, Jesus is teaching, and he said in verse 33, But seek ye first, everybody say first. First. Seek ye first, can you, if if you, that's okay, if you can get rid of the graphic now, maybe put the scripture up there, that would be good. This is Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first, okay, I I need the uh, King James, I'm sorry. You know what? You can just take it off the screen. Let me, let me read it to you. Do you all have your Bibles? Most of you probably have King James. Re- read it with me. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And you can put that up. There you go. So Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things that everybody else is going after, would be supernaturally added to your life. So there's a couple of things I want to say about this verse before we move into some other things. But one of the first things is you need to realize that God can be a part of your life. You can be saved, but that doesn't mean you're doing this verse. Being saved... And seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness are not the same thing. Right. Um, I think we need to realize that what he's telling us here is for believers. Right. It's not for sinners. This is for believers. Now, sinners seeking first to them would be get born again, get saved, and then move on from there and start doing the full will of God. Right. But, so, here's the thing. He didn't say seek only... God knows we have other things in life. God knows we've got other things to do. We've got gifts. We've got talents. We've got callings. We've got responsibilities. He understands that. But priority is the teaching. Priority is what the Lord's emphasizing here. Where is God and His things according to you and your things? Are others and their things? Where is the Lord? He can be in your life. Doesn't mean He's first in your life. Got to understand that. And I think we need to take checkups at times and make sure that we haven't unconsciously slipped into us becoming first, our things becoming first, and his taking a back seat. You have to watch out about cutting God things out when you're too busy. Right. You know what I mean by God things? Church things, right? The church is his body. Uh, the things of God, walking in love, witnessing things with your, your finances. you got to watch out about things in your life, things you want, bumping the Lord down a notch. I know this personally. 
And if you wouldn't mind, Debbie, put that scripture up there again. I want, I want to feast our eyes on it just a little longer. King James is fine. Um, you know, you don't have to... Well, let me, let, me, let me put it a different way. Seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness is not something you're going to naturally want to do. So if you're going with the flow, you may not qualify. I know this. I know this. The Lord spoke this to me. He said, a lot of my people are praying for things they would not have to pray for if they were doing this verse. They would just be added to them. Now, the big temptation is this. Going after things yourself and trying to add them to yourself. Because you can't do that. But I found this out, guys. Just a little bit of time I've been living, a little bit of the studying I've been doing, and you have too, just by watching the news. I found out that if you can have all the money you ever dreamed of and still have a grayness in your life because God's not first. I don't think we need any more suicides of wealthy people to prove that money is not everything. Money without the Lord is dark. I think it was Jim Carrey. It's wild because he had some, some kind of religious experience. I don't know what it was. Maybe he ate too hot of hot sauce or something. I don't know. <laughs> but he had some kind of religious experience. And he said, I wish everybody in the world could be rich and famous so that they'll know that is not the answer. I wish everybody in the world could be rich and famous so they'll know that's not what satisfies. Now, I'm not saying he's a scholar or a wise person to the map. You know, there's some truth to that, though. And so let's do this now. Look at another translation. Look at the, the other one you had up there. Debbie, that would be good now this time. The, was it the NCV, New Century Version? So Jesus said in this other version, seek God's kingdom, in case you wondered what seek ye first the kingdom of God meant. Seek first God's kingdom and what God wants. Then all your other needs will be met as well. Interesting. I, I can't go too fast on this because I've already said some things we need to meditate on. A lot of people are praying for things they would not have to pray for if they were doing this verse. Those things they're praying for would simply be added to them. Now, either Jesus lied or a lot of us aren't really doing this. Everybody say, midweek, meet. <laughs> okay. Just want y'all know we get a little meaty on Wednesday. There's some things we're going to hear on Wednesday night we're not going to hear on Sunday mornings. And you just heard one of them. God can be in your life. Doesn't mean He's first in your life. Did you know people every day are passing up God first opportunities because it's clothed in natural business linked with the Lord's work? We'll look at this scripture later, but Jesus said the kingdom of God, and he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. He said the kingdom of God comes without observation. A lot of people don't even see it, and it's right before their face. Clothed in natural things, but inside it's the work of God in the earth realm. And you have to watch how, you got to make, this word first, we need to understand what 
putting God first means. What does that mean? Well, Pastor, I believe in Jesus and I pray and I got the Lord in my heart. Wonderful. But does that mean he's truly first in your life? Some of the things Jesus put his finger on makes church people mad today that challenge God being first in their lives. I know a lot of people don't like to hear these things, but Jesus taught them. You know what Jesus taught? He taught that, that there are a few things that you have to be on strong guard for that will try to bump God from being first in your life. And one of those things is family. Did you know that one of the worst things you can do for your family is put your family before God? Put the things of your family before the things of God. One of the worst things you can do. If family is first, Jesus is not first. There's not two firsts. And people, they, they, they may hear that with the wrong attitude or something. Maybe the devil's trying to distort what preachers are saying. But friend, listen, the best thing you can do for your marriage and your children is don't put them first. Always be sensitive to the fact that God's number one and there will, mark it down, there will be times some stuff you planned with your family will have to put, be put on hold or rescheduled. And that's the best thing you can do for your family. So all this in a nutshell is the entire world today for 6,000 years is in a total chaotic mess because a man put his wife above the Lord and what she wanted above what God wanted. How many know Adam and Eve would have been way better off if they would have kept each other in their proper priority instead of Adam putting Eve above what the Lord said? That's how we all got in a fallen world today. The very thing I'm talking about right now, somebody violated the first principle. And the whole world's in a mess today. Because somebody violated God first. It's a serious issue. There's been times, this is a root sin that produces a lot of other sins. There's a, there's a few things that I know will cover any sin that I've ever committed in my life. One of them is, Lord, forgive me for violating love. That covers a lot right there. Lord, forgive me for violating Faith. I didn't believe your way was the best way and I flaked out. And number three, God forgive me, I didn't put you first. And something creeped up, got a hold of this, messed this up over here. Sometimes you got to repent from these core sins so the other ones can dry up for good. A lot of people dealing with the visible problems, deal with what leads up to the visible problem. Not being filled with the Spirit produces a ton of problems. Not seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness clogs a bunch of blessings from coming your way. Violating love causes a bunch of problems. Violating faith causes a bunch of problems. Sometimes you've got to repent from those core problems if you want the branches to never come back. So let's look at the other translation now. Let's look at this NEB. I liked some of the things it said in this translation. The New English Bible in Matthew 6.33. It's still Jesus' teaching. So seek ye first means this, set your mind on God's kingdom and his justice before everything else and all the rest will come to you as well. So in this series, in this talk that we're we're moving into right now, what we're primarily talking about is giving God an opportunity to bless you more. Opening yourself up, so let me put it this way, so you can experience the blessings on a higher level. 
There's some things, there's, there's some people praying for certain things to come into their life and at the same time they're violating the principle that brings it into their life. In other words, there's some things you're not going to get unless God's first. You can't pray for something putting God first brings into your life and not put God first and expect it to work. It'd be, say, Lord, just help, help me with my finances. Help me with my... Well, let me ask you this. Is that really what you should be praying? Lord, help me with my finances? Maybe it is. But how, did you ever think about praying, Lord, help me to understand what Matthew 6.33 means? That'll take care of my finances. Instead of money, give me revelation. What does it mean to put you first? I believe he's answering a lot of people's prayers right here and right now with this word. Understanding what it means to seek first the kingdom, not seek. A lot of people are seeking God, but they're not seeking first. They're seeking when it's convenient. They're seeking seeking if they have time. They're, They're going to church if it's not too much trouble and the weather's better. Well, that's seeking God maybe, but it's not sometimes, it's not, can't be translated as seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, I just want to say a couple of words before we move on. When you really start putting God first in your, with your time, with your money, with your energies, you are going to look peculiar to some people. You're going to be accused of being out of balance. I know, we know personally, we've had the bank tell us before that they, they thought we, we gave too much money. <laughs> you guys just give too much money. Personally and business. They, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe that we had actually given that much money away when it came to tax time or came to whatever time. With, with, uh, um, you know, what do they call it? Financial reports, things like that. And uh, we, we've been accused of being out of balance. Well, if you're really going to sell out to the Lord, you're going to be different. Mm-hmm. Let me say this, church. It's rare to see somebody who's totally putting God first every day of their life. This is not everywhere. This is rare. And I'll show you a scripture that actually says it that way too. Um, When things get tough in our lives, we find out what our priorities are. Mm-hmm. Take it like in the tithing area. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 14.23 out of the TLB version, the Today's Living Bible. The Bible says tithing teaches us to always put God first in our life. Returning to God 10% of our increase. One of the things it does to us is it teaches us to put God first in our life. And you find out who and what's first. Yeah, bring all the tithes before the Lord your God in place. It chooses and applies to your tithes and grain, new wine, oil. Very part, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. Wow. So tithing is a putting God first issue. And connecting that with Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. A lot of times, you don't have to pray for what tithing will do for you anyway. You just need to quote the promise that God said will come to you when you tithe. You don't have to ask God for something that tithing makes happen. What you might want to ask the Lord is, Lord, you know, I've been praying for money for 10 years and not much has happened. Maybe I'll change my prayer. Good choice. 
How about, Lord, help me to understand what tithing is that causes these things to come into my life. And so when God's, when the pressure's on, our priorities shine. Right priorities, wrong priorities. When the pressure's on, we see what we value the most. How many of you realize if Christians go year after year after year and they still do not have enough? Something needs adjusted in their life. Scripture says we're supposed to be living in a zone where we always have all sufficiency in all things. That sounds to me like no more negative months. Always having all sufficiency in all things. And it's not always outward things that need adjusted. A lot of the time, it's inward motives and reasons we're doing what we're doing. I know the Lord quickened to me on this. He says, if you want your giving and your tithing to work perfectly for you, the number one reason for you doing it cannot be because of the blessings I said would come on you if you do it. The Bible did not say bring all the tithes in the storehouse so that you can have all the blessings. There's a little phrase before that. It says bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Your concern for the things of God has to be above the concern for the things of your own home. In order for tithing to work for you. Motive has to be right or it don't work right. Motive has to be right. You can't just adjust outward things all the time. Now, if you're not doing what the Lord told you to do, yes, you need to adjust that. But a lot of people are doing what He told them to do, but they're not doing it for the right reason. You know, the Bible says that if we are cheerful givers and we actually act on that, God said He's going to make all grace abound toward us if we're cheerful givers. Ministering to the saints. That would be churches and things like that. The Bible says He is going to make all grace abound toward us that we always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have a more joyful life. No, that you may be able to abound to every good work. First. Did you ever read that? 2 Corinthians 8 9? God said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to make all grace abound towards you, cheerful giver, that you always have all sufficiency in all things. Why? Why? What's the purpose of all this increase? Number one, everybody said numero uno. Numero uno, that you may abound to every good work. When you are more excited and more happy about being a blessing, the blessings are going to start coming your way immediately. And you have to watch your motive because I'm telling you, this world, I mean, this, the whole current of this world is not in line with what I'm talking to you about. The whole current of this world is, hey, if it feels good, do it. Hey, if you want it, get it. Hey, do what you want. Do it your way. It's totally opposite of the things we're talking about tonight. God first. His work first. His things first. I, I, you know, really, all you have to do to backslide is nothing. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> and the course of this world will carry you down a road that is not the best for your life. Amen. And ends in destruction. Now, I want to say something that Keith Moore said. Keith Moore is a, a good friend of ours. A lot of you in the church feel the same way. 
he's moved out in some of these areas, and I respect some of the things he said because he's done some things a lot of us haven't done yet. You know, God will have as much favor on us as he does anybody. Things will manifest in our life if we just do what they did and be the kind of person they are. God's no respecter of persons. He's not going to do one thing for one person whose heart's right and doing certain things and say, I'm not doing it for you, even though your heart's right and you're doing the same thing. He'd be a liar and he'd be unjust if he, had, if he showed favoritism. He's not a respecter of persons. But I want to read you something he said in one of his teachings. And just, you know, he'll be here like, you know, in a, a week and three, uh, what, a month and three weeks from now. And uh, it's so awesome. I mean, he's moved out in some of these areas. It, it, it challenges me totally. Um, but one of the things he said, because see, there was a day where he was crying out to God. They had bills. They were behind. They weren't getting ahead. They had one nostril above the water. This was happening week after week, month after month. Finally, he just threw himself on his bed and cried and said, Lord, I know your word's true. I know you want to meet all my needs. There's nothing wrong on your end. What do I need to know to get out of this financial loop of bondage? And he said he prayed, and the Lord pointed him to the scripture we just read and the book of Haggai, because those two are synonymous. The book of Haggai is all about putting God first, and it's all about what we just read that Jesus taught. But here's what he said, quote, Keith Moore said, talking about him and Phyllis, he said, I can see that our breakthrough in finance happened when we genuinely started being excited and cheerful about putting God first. The words I have in red are genuinely, started, excited, cheerful, and first. I'm going to read it again. I can see that our breakthrough in finances happened when we genuinely started. See, you don't have to wait for three years. As soon as God sees a major heart change, He can start blessing. Because He knows that heart's going to lead to certain actions. When we genuinely started being excited and cheerful about putting God first. That's totally different than doing just what the preacher told you to do. Well, I read it in the Bible. I guess I better do it. You still don't qualify. You've got to be thrilled with the things of God. You've got to be excited. And whatever you've got to do to get there, I'd suggest do it. You may not get there watching as much TV as you're watching. Or surfing the internet like you're surfing. The, or on Facebook as much as you are. You have to get to the delight zone. I said you have to get to the fun zone. God's word and his will for your life has to be fun. I mean, it gets real strong in Deuteronomy. God told Israel, he said, you know what? Your enemies took advantage of you. They got inroads into your life and they harassed you because you served me without joyfulness and gladness of heart. You served me, but you didn't do it with joyfulness and gladness of heart, and there was a break in the hedge, and the enemy still had access to you because all you did was the duty. He said, because you service not the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart, your enemies got a hold of you. They serve the Lord. But say this, man, God's real big. Say that. God's real big on heart issues. Huge, huge, huge deal to the Lord. We've been talking about it at our Bible study on Sunday night, last Bible study. Heart issues, huge to God. Motives, reasons you're doing things. He's really big on that. 
And in this area of giving, you know, we have to make sure what we're doing in the giving area is first and foremost because we are flat out excited about God and His things and seeing His will advance in the earth. Big, 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 big deal. Luke 14, please. Sometimes what has to happen to people who are struggling financially month after month and year after year, God has to give those people an opportunity to give. An opportunity to put God first. You think, no, that's not what those people... What those people need is a handout. No. A lot of people don't need another handout. They need an opportunity to get out of their hole once and for all by putting God first. An opportunity to sow or give into something that's beyond them connected with the Lord's work. No, 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 no. You know, I believe that's one of the reasons Jesus did not tell the widow woman who threw in two mites into the offering, he did not go, oh lady, the church don't need your money. All these rich people are casting in of their abundance. Here, let's take your two mites back out and give it to you. You know why the Lord did not give that widow back her two mites that she put in the treasury? Because he believed his own teaching. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men give into your bosom. The widow woman, remember that? He's sitting, he's, he's sitting watching people give in the offering. He said, the, the Bible said the rich were coming and casting into their abundance. I mean, they're writing huge checks. I know they didn't have checks back then, but they're, they're putting in all kinds of gold and talents and all this stuff. And Jesus is just watching and watching. I mean, the Lord watches sometimes what we give in the offering. He's interested in that. Why? Because it reveals your heart. And, you know, there he's watching. And then this widow woman comes by who has less monetarily, but more percentage wise, casts in two mites, about a farthing, and it's all her living. The widow woman just put in the offering in church everything she had. Now, the natural man would say, Preacher, don't you dare take that widow's money. Can't you see that's all her living? Come on, you hard-hearted person. That's what the natural man would say. You know what the spiritual man would say? Glory to God, woman. You just sowed a seed. And according to the word of God, it's going to be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Good's going to come your way because you just sowed your seed instead of eating your seed. Isn't it interesting? He did not give her her money back because he believed his own teaching about giving and receiving. So in Luke 14, I just wanted to show you this and then we'll go to some other scriptures about the benefits of uh, putting God first. Look at Luke 14, verse 20 and 21. I wanted you to see this because this opens our eyes. I told you we're going to go to this scripture um, is this it? Luke 14, 20, 21. Another said, I married, what's the next verse? Okay, you know what? That is not the scripture right now that I wanted. So let me just quote you the scripture right now that I wanted. I, 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 don't, I didn't write this one down. Some of you, if you know where this is at, let me know. 
where Jesus said, the kingdom of God comes without observation. In other words, it's not some flashy thing that you're, everybody's just going to go, oh, wow, that's from God. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things of God are wrapped up in natural ministry. Right. Helping other people that are doing the will of God. Helping a neighbor who needs help. Is it, is it Matthew 17, 20? Luke, Luke 17, 20. Oh, I'm sorry, Matthew. Luke 17, 20. We'll give you just a second, Debbie, to find that one. Luke 17, 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, because see, they're thinking, it's still not here. It's still a million light years away. It hasn't come down from heaven yet. Where is the kingdom of God? Where is the kingdom of God? They're, They're saying, demanding of the Lord. When the kingdom of God should come, Jesus answered them and said, the kingdom of God comes not with observation. So, he said the kingdom of God has come unto you. Do you know the kingdom of God and opportunities to do things for, the, things for the kingdom of God are all around us every day? A lot of it does have to do with his church, which is his body. And I, I was so blessed the other day. I, some, somebody from the church called and they had experienced something that you know, was, was not good at all. And um, something that, you know, you just basically, you don't even think about it, you know. (laughs) I'm not going to church. i got to deal with this thing. This person calls and says, you know what? Uh, This certain thing happened, but you know what? We're coming to church anyway. I said, Carla, that's rare. That's rare where somebody would leave a big problem at home and come to church and worship God. And believe God to take care of that problem while they're worshiping the Lord. Right. Isn't that what happened to the Syrophoenician woman? Come on, come on, what happened? Her daughter is grievously vexed with a demon. Who knows what's going on in her life? What got a hold of her body or whatever? She's at home having some kind of demon fit. And mom gets up and says, I'm going to go see Jesus. Daughter stays at home. Yeah. She goes to, I like, like in that as she went to church. She went to where the Lord was, was being in manifestation. She got, she went, she put the Lord first. She got to Jesus. She worshiped the Lord. And after a little bit of challenging things she had to work through, Jesus said, oh woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you even as you will. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Did you know Jesus does not physically have to come to your house to help you? Right. Hmm? Did you know that? Jesus did not even go near her house and the daughter at her house got totally delivered from demon harassment and vexation when mommy was worshiping Jesus in a place beyond the home. The power of God shot over to her home, delivered her daughter while she was in the presence of Jesus worshiping him. Absolutely amazing. Isn't it cool to realize, too, Jesus did not have to physically go there and heal her. She got delivered, and Jesus didn't even physically get in her presence. We need to be believing for the same power to manifest. We don't have to be in the physical presence of Jesus to be healed. There's power present everywhere. If you can be born again everywhere, why couldn't you be healed anywhere? 
If you, can be, if you can get the greatest miracle anywhere on this planet, why couldn't you get lesser miracles anywhere on this planet? You can. Just got to tap into them by faith and realize, you don't have to say, Jesus, come down and help me. The word's near you, right? We talked about that Sunday. Now, look at Proverbs 3. We're almost done here. We're going to receive communion here in just a minute. But look at Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3 and verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord. Now this is written by the wealthiest man that has ever lived. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the leftovers if you have any. You know, I mean, do everything you want to do first. You know, pay your bills, go on your vacations, do the things you want. And if you've got a little bit left over, you know, that's not first fruits. <laughs> if it was a, somebody could look at this and go, man, I just don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can afford to do that. In reality, you can't afford not to do it. And I, let me say this about tithing. Because first fruits does uh, emphasize tithing as well as some other things. You know... Everybody is doing something with God's 10%. It's not like you don't have it. Right. And did you know that God's not expecting any more out of the person who says they can't tithe than the person who's been tithing for 20 years faithfully? Well, I can see why they can tithe. No, 10 is 10%. 10% of $100 is, is, is no different percentage-wise than 10% of a million dollars. It's a very, very fair way to give. And sometimes people say, well, I just can't afford to tithe. I just, I just don't have it. You know, I understand things are tight. We understand things are crunch. And we're not saying tithe here. Just, you know, tithe where you're being fed. Tithe where you're being helped. But um, it's not really I can't tithe. It's just that right now, other things are more important to me. I'm choosing to do something with God's 10% that others are not. Everybody say midweek. Mid-week. Meet. Meet. Okay. Everybody can tie that just some people love other things more than the things of God. Mm-hmm. It's Wednesday. I keep reminding myself, it's Wednesday, I can say this. It's Wednesday, I can mm-hmm. say this. There's got to be a time where the pastor could share everything that's on his heart. And it's, it's really about a love issue. It's like, what? And I remember the Lord told me this one time. Oh, man. He said, he said, son, he said, a lot of my people, including you right now, are waiting for increase to obey me. That ain't how it works. If I'm dealing with you about tithing, I'm dealing with you about a certain amount of offerings, you don't wait for increase and then obey me. You'll never see supernatural increase. You do whatever you got to do to obey me. Cut back. Go to one car for a while if you need to. Do whatever I'm leading you to do. You obey me now and increase will come. You don't wait for increase to come and then obey me. You do whatever you can to obey me now and increase will come. Does that make sense? It's a lot easier to have faith for God to help you financially while you're obeying Him, then have faith for fi- then have 
How, how do you put it? It's a lot easier to have faith that God will bless you if you're obeying him than to believe for increase so you can obey him. Don't wait for money to obey the Lord. Obey the Lord and the money will come. God's not trying to get anything from us. He's trying to get something to us. If you read Malachi 3, the blessings that come to the tither take like three or four verses and it's packed. And it's only one part of one verse that talks about the blessing of the church that you're tithing to. So in other words, God's trying to say a lot of blessings are going to come on you if your heart's right and you're doing what I told you to do. I have no problem teaching on tithing and offerings because I believe it works. I've seen it in our lives. We've seen it, we've seen it in other people's lives. And it, we're not done yet. It's a wonderful thing. One more scripture and we'll, we'll receive communion. Go to 1 Kings. Actually, I'll just go to Haggai 1. And we'll look at two verses here. Haggai 1.6 and Haggai 2.19. Um, do you all remember King Solomon? Everybody remember King Solomon? Matthew 6, 33, all the way. God appears to him in a dream. Says, Solomon, ask me anything you want and I'll give it to you. This is a dream from the Lord. The Lord actually appeared to Solomon in the night. And said, Solomon, hey, God here. Ask me anything you want and I'll give it to you. And Solomon said, all right, Lord. What I want, he didn't have to think about it. He said, what I want is I want an understanding heart so I can help your people the best way that I can. I, want to, I have a heart for your people. We could say it like this. I have a heart for your church, Jesus. I have a heart for your people. You're asking me, I can ask anything I want? Billion dollars? A trillion dollars? The life of my enemies? I can live to be 200 or 300? Or You're asking me what I want? What I want is I just want to help your people and to be a blessing to your things in the earth. And the speech pleased the Lord. And God said to Solomon, you know what, Solomon? You got it. There's not going to be anybody that has the wisdom you have ever before or after, other than, of course, Jesus. You're it, man. You got, you got, you're going to have more wisdom than anybody's ever had. But because you asked for that, I'm going to make you the richest man in the world. I'm going to give you a long life. You're going to be in peace all your days in your kingdom, not going to have a bunch of wars. I'm going to give you all these other things because you asked to help my people. That's putting God first. So look at Haggai here. Haggai chapter 1, verse 6. Haggai's talking, uh, the prophet, God's talking to the people of Haggai's day about their situations. God says, all right, people, you've sown a bunch, but you bring in little. That's not good. Sowing a lot and reaping a little, that's a curse. You eat, but you don't have enough. You're not satisfied. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but you're not warm. He that earns wages, earns wages to put in a bag with holes. What's that called? That's called problems. God knew. I got to I got to. All right. These people don't need money. These people don't need better crops. These people need to put me first. That will bring all the other things they think they need. 
And so God tells them, God says, okay, guys, here's your problem. It's really interesting because God says, listen, you got all these problems in your life. You're sowing much. You're reaping little. You're earning wages to put in the bag with holes in it. There's more month at the end of the money. Things aren't going well for you guys. Your businesses are not doing well. Okay, let me tell you, guys, here's what you need to do. You need to quit thinking about your sealed houses and about your stuff. And you need to get into God's house and not let it lie waste anymore. Fix this thing up. Put my house number one on your list and you'll start coming up and prospering. Well, to make a long story short, but it's a really short book. They did that. They said, Lord, we're done putting ourselves first. We're done putting our houses first. Your house is first. Your house. If we need carpet and the church needs carpet, we're going to get the church carpet. Then we'll get our carpet. If, if, if we need uh, a roof and the church needs a new roof, your church gets a new roof first and we'll for sure get a new roof. It's called Priority. It's because where's your heart? And and this is God. God knew I have to give these people an opportunity to put me first or they'll stay in this poverty bondage. So in chapter 2, they all decided to start building the house of the Lord. They laid the foundation. They barely got started. Chapter 2, verse 19, God says, Is a seed yet in the barn? Yea, as yet the vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate, the olive tree, hath hath not brought forth. From this day I will bless you. He's talking about the day they got their hearts putting the work of God first. And the blessings started coming. They came out of poverty because they stopped thinking only about themselves, started thinking about the house of God, and they came up because God gave them an opportunity to put Him first. People think, well, this person needs this and this person needs that. They may need an opportunity to sow and tithe and put God first is what they may need to need. Because what's the saying? Do you give the guy a fish or do you teach him how to fish? Well, you teach him how to fish so that he doesn't need handouts anymore and he can start blessing others who are less fortunate. Same thing. You can, give, you can keep giving people things they need or you can give them an opportunity to live forever free and to now be a blessing instead of just somebody who always needs a handout. Amen. Everybody say midweek. Midweek. Meet. <laughs> okay.